Hello and welcome to All Indians Matter. I am Ashraf Engineer. Climate change and unusual weather events are adversely affecting Indian agriculture. At particular risk are India's small and marginal farmers. On average, they have land holdings of less than 2 hectares each but account for about 85% of the Indian farming population. They and all other farmers face the huge challenge of de-risking themselves from climate change. It has implications on a wide range of issues that impact our lives from food security to economic growth. How can technology help provide a coordinated methodology to tackle this crisis? All Indians matter. We have on the show Anuj Kumbhat, founder and CEO of Weather Risk Management Services, a company that is developing risk management solutions for farmers by leveraging data, technology and financial innovation. Since its inception in 2004, WRMS has touched the lives of over 2.5 million farmers in 22 states of India and 15 countries. Anuj is an agri-industry leader and has worked on a weather insurance product in the financial services industry and his passion for agriculture and dairy led him to found WRMS. WRMS went on to build multidisciplinary capabilities to offer industry-leading weather and agricultural risk management solutions. Starting with providing farmers agro-advisory services and index insurance, WRMS now provides full-stack agriculture services based on the enormous technology development around a large stack of climate, remote sensing, and soil data. Welcome, Anuj. Hi, Ashraf. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Anuj, you work closely with farmers. What are the common weather-related impacts you observed on agriculture? When we're working with farmers, the weather impacts in various bursts is, of course, drought or a flood or a event like very high temperature or very low temperature would have a very direct impact on the yield. Uh, we've also observed that a lot of times the weather impact is slightly indirect in the form of pest or disease event, which are either perpetuated or propagated on account of conducive weather conditions. So a lot of weather conditions basically support infestation of pest and diseases. And this infestation in turn results in crop losses. The third thing which happens because of weather events is that the quality of output goes down in certain cases. And this happens mostly when there is a late stage weather event. I mean, event just before harvesting or right after harvesting. It can result in serious quality lapses or quality degradation on account of uh, weather events. And over a period of time, these are more of a short-term changes, but over a period of time, the long-term impact of weather has been that in certain areas, certain cropping systems have become completely unviable. And uh, those crops cannot be sown in that area. And to some extent, in certain areas, similarly, some crops have become viable because the other crops have become unviable and the farmers have to move to some other crops. So what has happened is that Farmers have shifted crops because weather conditions were conducive for the new crops and were not conducive for the crops they were sowing earlier. So that change has come over a period of time. These are more of a long-term impact of weather. On a shorter term, I have already explained to you what exactly can cause, what sort of impact weather can have. Anuj, how does this impact farmers' lives? For instance, does it mean less food intake or children not being able to go to school? I think uh, one direct impact, of course, is loss of income and income opportunity or increase in the cost of cultivation. So the overall profitability and viability of agriculture obviously goes for a toss. And uh, 
the second and major impact is on the credit uh, cycle of the farmer because farmer takes loans to basically repay these loans after the crop loss or on account of these weather shocks becomes difficult. So while children not going to school or food security for the farmer is slightly, I would say we haven't seen that in a direct form, but in certain areas where farmers are really smallholder farmers, this does eventually result in sale of asset by the farmer to ensure that the farmer is able to cope with the overall reduction in income on account of weather event. So to cope with weather event, either farmer is going to borrow more or borrow at a higher rate of interest or farmer is going to sell the assets. These are the cases in case of smallholder farmers. Large farmers also may, may not be able to repay their credit immediately. That can be the loss or the loss of opportunity to earn more or to earn enough for them to really have a normal life does get impacted. So these are the, uh, I would say, the direct impact or immediate impact on the farmers, I would say, social and economic well-being. And does the changing weather affect our food security and also food prices? Yes, of course, it does. The key problem statement here is that on a longer term basis, if we start looking at how the weather is panning out over the years, it has resulted in, I would say, decrement in yields or it has impacted yields over a period of time. So on an average, the yield outcomes have not increased because of the weather shock and weather events. But as we know that population is increasing and the demands are higher or the food requirements are higher, because of weather event and weather shocks, if agriculture is not able to match higher demands or higher requirements, of course, food security is going to be an issue. And on a shorter term, a large-scale production loss would result in increase in prices to an extent that it... And we have seen that in onions. If the onion crop in Maharashtra is badly affected by weather, you would see that onion prices go up to 100 rupees a kg. So that's a very, very direct impact of how weather is panning out. Similarly, globally, you would see that a lot of crops which are critical crops, let's say oil seeds or uh, soybean, for example, if crops in Brazil or some other countries basically get impacted, which are the large production regions, impacted on account of adverse weather conditions, then the global oil prices increase. And those impact and increments are basically wide-ranging. It's not in a very small area. It's in the larger area these crops get impacted. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The recent increases in cooking oil prices, for example, were due in large part to crops failing in Latin America, for example. Anuj, what are the gaps in India that make farmers so dependent on the vagaries of weather? Ashok, what we have seen and when we work with farmers, what we realize is that because farmers are small farmers, they're in vicious cycle of uh, not having enough money to invest in better farming practices that can help in making them more resilient to weather vagaries. And since they don't have that sort of money, they are not investing in smarter or more resilient agriculture practices. And that in turn is resulting in higher impact of weather vagaries or weather conditions on the yield. And in, since yields are not uh, optimal or they are suboptimal, that results in lesser profit for the farmers and again, lesser capacity to invest. So because being a smallholder farmer, farmer is not able to invest in agriculture as a larger farmer would have done and not able to invest in practices that can help in managing weather conditions better. So that's the reason why India or any smallholder geography where the farmers are smallholder farmers have uh, 
So, Anuj, satellites have always been used to predict weather. Why are they inadequate now? Why do we need better technology today? I think satellites have always been in use. They are still in use and they are, I won't say they are inadequate. Perhaps the problem is that even if they are predicting weather, the farmer's ability to manage that uh, weather conditions or do something about that prediction is quite varied. And in areas, certain areas where the farmers are really small, in fact, I would say the prediction technologies have improved over the years. We have been far more accurate than we have been before. But does farmer have resources or does farmer have ability or understanding to really translate that accurate weather forecast into or weather alerts or weather event into actionable work which can manage his or her risk better? I think that ability has not improved a great deal. And it's going to take some time and probably some intervention by various organizations, government, etc. to really help farmer come out of this situation where they can actually utilize this data or this forecast to make their agriculture more resilient. So I think not so much about the technology, but more so about how this technology is used by the farmer. Yeah, and we're hearing a lot about climate predictive data-driven models. Could you explain them to us? Where is this data gathered from, the devices used, how is it analyzed? Okay, so I think, I mean, I can give an example of what we do in WRMS. So what we are doing is that we are taking large-scale historical weather data, soil data, yield data sets, and using these historical data sets are one repository of data which we have. Apart from that, we generate a lot of data from IOTs, which is devices or smart devices which you install on fields, whether it is automatic pest traps, automatic weather stations, irrigation or soil moisture assessment devices or measurement devices. So all these devices actually collect a lot of field data. Apart from that, we also take a lot of remote sensing data from the satellites that we have mentioned. These are optical remote sensing data sets or radar data which we have. The third data is basically the field images. So whether the farmer or our field operators, they collect images of the field. And all these three, four data sets, including the historical data, basically go in a platform. And that platform is an artificial intelligence enabled, AI enabled big data platform. So a lot of this data is used in machine learning and understanding what is a crop status and what is the likely impact of any event on the crop yields. So what we are trying to do is that using a lot of data to predict the pest or disease outcomes, outbreaks and tell farmer that what they should be doing. So predictive analytics helping farmer in taking early action and also in some cases help farmer in reducing the amount of water they use in the crop or asking them or suggesting them to irrigate when is the right time to irrigate. So a lot of these Technologies together help us in managing the irrigation, the pest and disease management, the soil management better than it has been done before. And uh, the whole idea is that how do we enable farmer or I would say motivate farmer for an early action and what sort of information can we provide farmer so that we can support early action by the farmer. Yeah, and are they much in use in India, the kind of devices that you spoke about and the models that you've spoken about? And if yes, what is the kind of difference they've made? So, yes, in India, I mean, in last 15 years, there has been huge influx of automatic weather station. In last five years, there has been influx of other IoT devices in agriculture. And all of it 
together. I mean, I understand that farmer individually may not be able to purchase them. He doesn't have or she doesn't have that uh, financial capacity to purchase them. But on a village level or on a block level, this data sets help us in improving the quality or validating a lot of remote sense data. So all this put together basically helps in creating a big data framework which can help farmer. I mean, those tidbits can be sent to farmer in the form of simpler messages where we are suggesting farmer what they should be doing. And the government is investing in this data infrastructure. Our own weather station network is about 4,000 and we have installed close to 10,000 plus weather stations in India in totality. So I would say now India is looking up to these devices and they are actually using it more and more. A lot of companies are coming up and investing in these devices. In fact, we are working with companies like Bayer, UPL to do pest prediction modeling, pest forecasting, lots of other stuff related to agriculture and agriculture predictive analytics. And this is basically helping in a way a small world of farmer. Because the objective of all these companies is actually to generate more business for themselves at the same time helping a small world of farmer. Because if the small world of farmer does not get supported in this initiative, they will not be able to sell more to the small world of farmer or the right kind of products to the small farmer. So the utility of their solutions have to be more for small world of farmers to really go and purchase it. And that's why a lot of these companies are investing in such solutions. There's also talk about precision farming. First of all, could you explain to the listeners what it is and what is the role of weather predicting devices in precision farming? Yeah, I mean, basically precision farming means that for each and every input or what is the quantity and when it has to be done, both in terms of the time and the quantity is decided using algorithms. And uh, all the whole farming mechanism or whole farming system works on algorithm. It may not function in Indian conditions so well, but a close to it is quite possible in the sense that if not precision farming, we would call it a data-driven farming, where you are using data as an input to generate information set or uh, predictive analytics on what exactly should the farmer be doing. So while the action of the farmer may not be as precise, because precision farming requires uh, precise action as well, so apart from precise information, there has to be a precise action. And that is what precision farming is all about, that you are using algorithms to generate what should be done. And you are actually carrying it out also using precision tools and precision engineering. So a better mechanization of agriculture using technology as well as hardware and software technologies is what precision farming is all about. This sounds a lot like, uh, you know, every industry we say is uh, now a digital industry. It seems a lot like farming is also going to go the same way. So, Anuj, how do you correlate weather parameters with other critical data sets, uh, such as water stress or soil nutrition and crop health? Certainly. I mean, if we look at agriculture, there are four set of things which define the yield or which impacts the yield. One is soil, of course, what sort of soil is there, whether the quality of the soil as well as the nutrition in the soil. The other is the water, whether there's enough water, more or less of it also defines uh, the condition. The third thing is pest and disease management. How do you manage the pest and diseases in agriculture? And the fourth is obviously the weather alert and uh, managing weather vagaries. So if farmer is able to manage these four things properly, the inputs, the soil, the water as well as uh, weather, then 
agriculture of course can be fruitful and can result in good yields for the farmer so and if you take out one of these four pieces and are not paying attention to one of these four pieces it can have impact on the yield and in some ways each of these elements have sensitivity from the weather conditions so they are let's say even the soil uh, there is some degree of sensitivity to the weather conditions whether it's pest and disease i have already mentioned that pest and disease propagation and the impact of these pest and diseases would be more if the conditions are conducive and similarly water use and irrigation would also be dependent upon a lot upon weather conditions if there is heat wave uh, which is going on which heat wave may result in using more water than usual or if there is a cold wave again you might have to do a minor irrigation or i would say a light irrigation to actually manage the cold wave so some of these conditions actually impact a lot of other factors which are always the yield is dependent upon so there's an interplay of these three or four things which result in final yield outcomes and weather has a role to play in each of them yeah, absolutely and does deploying such technology cost a lot as we mentioned several times before already that uh, these are not very rich farmers most of our farmers are fairly you know have make a, only a modest income so at an individual level not all the farmers can afford it but uh, when it comes to india what people work in is that as a collective unit can these technologies point to or provide inputs which can help farmers so as i mentioned that it's mainly precision farming but it can be data driven farming and to give you an example i may not be able to sell or install pest traps automatic pest traps in every farm to evaluate the pest load of that farm but what i can do is that i can install pest traps at a village level and understand whether there is a pest propagation in this area and advise all the farmers accordingly so all the farmers in the village can get advice on the basis of one or two pest traps which are installed in a village so while you may not be able to afford or farmers may not be able to afford the solution at a farm level but can these solutions help in if not very very precise information can these solution help in minimizing the losses in ensuring that there is an early action by the farmer which can help in better yields which is what is happening in india it is these solutions are generating enough data to help farmers to take early action or to take right decision even if i would say that they are slightly less than precise what role can the private sector especially technology startups uh, play in creating weather de-risking systems and making them accessible to the average farmer so if you can look at from this perspective that uh, there are various startups in this area and i would talk about several of them so there are companies which are in development of iot's of various sorts at the farm level and helping farmer in taking those early decisions this is again weather de-risking there are companies who are into manufacturing of cold storage or provision of cold storage services to the farmers development of small cold storage for the farmers now again these units help in farmers managing their crops better and even in adverse weather conditions so if i have to store my produce for a while in during summer i can use this cold storage technology so weather de-risking to an extent is happening here then there are inputs for example i'm just giving an example let's say an agri input company like upl or there are others who are producing inputs which can help in uh, providing inputs which can help in managing drought 
So there is something called hydrogel, which has been developed by Icar or and is now used, uh, manufactured by a lot of private companies. This hydrogel helps in retaining water in the soil, excess water in the soil, and it releases the water when there is a drought. So this is again a weather de-risking technology, basically, which is both water absorption and water release is dependent upon what is the moisture in the soil. So some of these technologies in various ways, both in terms of what sort of inputs are used, other weather de-risking technologies are drought-tolerant varieties of seed or flood-tolerant varieties of seeds. All these technologies are pest-tolerant or disease-tolerant varieties of seeds. These are the technologies which are helping farmers in de-risking a lot of weather conditions. So these are, I mean, there are some of them are which are preventive measures. Some of them are basically curative in the solution. If something has happened and then you are trying to manage the crop. So those are curative actions. So put together all these conditions, all these technologies are helping farmer in to an extent de-risking adverse weather event. And as much as we can increase the farmer income directly. Absolutely. So, Anush, tell me your favorite uh, success story that you've seen in the field, a farmer whose life has improved because of the use of uh, weather predictive technology. Yeah, I mean, I think we have several of them where we're working with various farmers. Uh, so, I can give examples of uh, a technology wherein we are in introducing pest prediction modeling. So, we are doing sucking pest, pest prediction modeling, wherein we have been able to successfully predict the propagation of uh, pests like whitefly and uh, thrips. And this has helped farmer in doing spraying, scheduling spraying, taking into account what is the load of the pest or likely load of the pest. And what has happened is that this has helped farmer in reducing the number of sprays farmers were doing earlier. So we are actually timing the sprays or frequency of the sprays basis the what is the propagation forecast. If it is a high propagation forecast, then farmer will spray more often. If it is medium or low, farmer will spray less often. So we are optimizing or saving the cost. So what farmers are able, are telling us that we have helped them in saving the cost of the agri pesticide they have used. We have also been able to help farmers in doing a timely spraying to save the crop. Let's say in late blight, when we are actually predicting the late blight possibilities or probabilities of upping of the late blight, we are asking farmer to do prophylactic spraying, and that is helping farmer to save the crop in many cases. So, in potato, for example, or in cotton, we have a lot of farmers who have told us that we have helped them in saving the total quantum of cost they have incurred in pesticide usage, and in some cases, uh, through this. We have been able to also ensure that the crop loss on account of pesticide has the pest has gone down and there has been an increment in the yield outcome. So these are some of the stories which we keep hearing from the farmers where we work. And I would say it gives us a lot of satisfaction when farmer says that okay, I could save uh, this much of cost or I could save this much of money because of your service. Yeah, that has a long tail, doesn't it? I mean it means more income, it means a better let's say, nutrition for their families, it means uh, education for the children, etc., etc. Is it tough to convince farmers to use such technology? Initially, yes. The point is that when we are suggesting a technology to the farmer, and the very reason why we have moved on guaranteeing our technology is because when we were going earlier and telling farmer that you follow this package of practice, 
or do this in your crop so that you can increase your yield or improve your quality, farmers would often say, would you be able to guarantee me the outcome? So what we have done is that we have been able to develop a solution wherein uh, the technology and the risk management have been merged together or been brought together. So we have converged the technology solution with the risk management solution and now we are offering the yield guarantees to the farmer. But whatever technology we are suggesting to the farmer and the yield guarantee is ultimately a promise. So it takes time for the farmer to understand this and it takes time for the farmer to subscribe to this. And But once farmer is hooked on to it and once farmer has started using it, it is easier for us to increase our you know foothold in the area or in the village because these farmers become our brand ambassadors. But yes, initial adoption takes time. But if you have found those champions, then increasing your penetration in that area becomes slightly easier. And so that brings me to my next question. Tell us about WRMS, the journey, how you thought of it, how has it grown? Sure. So WRMS has its origin in us uh, developing first of its kind weather insurance solution in 2003. It was the first weather insurance contract in the world, which was designed while we were employed or working with ICSA Lombard. So the origin of our company was in design of this first weather insurance contract. And me and the co-founder Sonu thought that this is a very interesting concept and a very interesting product. And we should invest uh, resources and time in expanding this. So we worked on developing this solution further and uh, we decided that I think the best way of doing this would be to really, you know, start a company and offer this solution in a more holistic way. And that's how WRMS came into being. And while we were offering or designing weather insurance or parametric insurance contracts, we realized that uh, what was also happening is that farmers were asking us that we need weather information, we need weather forecasts. And that's when we started putting in installing automatic weather stations and generating weather forecasts and providing those to farmers. So it's a felt need which has come from the farmer which led us to provide weather information or weather forecast to the farmers. And when we were offering all this, farmer again, uh, the feedback from the farmer was, now you have been able to tell me what to do when there is an adverse weather event. Can you also tell me when is the likely pest attack or when the likely disease attack is? Can you predict that? Can you help me in doing better management of my crop? And that's when we started offering that service to the farmer. And uh, during the course of this journey, we have developed IOTs so that we can help us in providing the, these solutions to the farmer. And as a WRMS, we realized that uh, this technology also requires the support of de-risking farmer in the form of offering financial risk management solution. So apart from telling farmer what is a better way of generating more productivity, which is what productivity management solutions are, we also provide the risk management solution to the farmer. So the both together is what we call SecuFarm. So journey which started with offering weather insurance is now converged in the form of an advisory or a productivity management solution plus a risk management solution for the farmers. So, Anush, that brings me to the question I ask all my guests at the end of the show. Why do you do this work? Why do we do this? Because I think smallholder farmer deserve to grow more, deserve to uh, get that information which otherwise is not easily available to them. 
and deserve to get an opportunity to use that information to generate better yields and better income and lead a better life. It gives us a lot of satisfaction that we are able to help these farmers in generating a more stable yield outcomes and uh, more stable income opportunities. And uh, so for us, it's basically a solution which is a game-changing solution for smallholder agriculture in the country or anywhere else in the world. And uh, ability to innovate on this solution or miniaturize a lot of technologies and helping farmer is that what gives us a kick. Anuj, thanks so much for this fascinating conversation. Greater farm yields, lower agricultural risk and sustainable food production come together as mission critical for India. Thank you for explaining how technology can help us manage the weather piece. Thanks a lot, Ashraf. I would suggest uh, my listeners to actually check out our application which helps the farmer and how do we help the farmer. So SecuFarm application can be downloaded from Play Store. It's an Android application because most of the farmers in India are Android farmers. So do check out our SecuFarm app, which is what helps farmer in generating better yield outcomes for them. Thank you. Thanks a lot. And it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you all for listening. Please visit allindiansmatter.in, that's A-L-L-I-N-D-I-A-N-S-M-A-T-T-E-R.in for more columns and audio podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashraf Engineer, that's A-S-H-R-A-F-E-N-G-I-N-W-E-R and All Indians Count, that's A-L-L-I-N-D-I-A-N-S-C-O-U-N-T. Search for the All Indians Matter page on Facebook. On Instagram, the handle is All Indians Matter. Email me at editor at allindiansmatter.in. Catch you again soon. <laughs>